Welcome back, folks, to Rigged, the Random Idea Generator cast. I am Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Brandon. And we are the Brothers McGill, and we are your hosts for this adventure. This is our third episode of the month. This week starts the first half of our storytelling and we are doing something a little different than what we have been doing in the past. Rather than just approaching this story from an outside perspective, rather than being kind of the the third-person omniscient narrator, we are going to take turns narrating one of the other player's characters. If you listened... In the last two episodes, we rolled up our own, we randomly rolled our own characters that we will be portraying, and we randomly rolled up the adventure and the conflict and the MacGuffin of what our characters will be doing. And instead of It being a party that we all control when the narration comes to us, we will be controlling our own character, working independently to reach an an unknowingly common goal that that all three characters share. Matt, why don't you give us a recap of the three characters that we rolled up? Sure. I started, I rolled up a female storm sorcerer Furbolg named Diana Wiggins. She is a lawful, neutral, geriatric. We determined that she is a retired clan crafter, and she has a uh, shard of obsidian that always seems to stay warm. Nick, you were next, and you rolled up a ghostwise halfling, uh, a paladin with the Oath Devotion, He is a male named Ira Logan, an adolescent who is chaotic good. His uh, background or profession is an acolyte, and he has an alabaster mask as his trinket. And then, Brandon, you followed Nick with a bugbear bard of the uh, Valor College who carries around a normal-sized triangle. Her name is Caitlin Noble. She is a lawful neutral adult who is an anthropologist and she is carrying a black pirate flag adorned with a dragon skull and crossbones. All right. Nice and quick. Brando, why don't you tell us our details of the world that we rolled out, including environment, MacGuffin, and conflict that all three independently are working toward? So the environment is underwater, and the conflict is kind of a an additional environment, I guess you could say. Uh, so it's uh, an underwater gladiatorial arena, and their MacGuffin, they are all working towards the Amulet of Insanity. We kind of hashed out a couple of details on the uh, some other big-name characters that you know we aren't going to be playing as, the uh, proprietor of this gladiatorial arena is a criminal turtle race named Gik Azot. Uh, and we have determined that the uh, the massive neon sign outside of the uh, arena 
reads Gix Games. And the other character that we put into place was the current owner or holder of this Amulet of Insanity, which is the Empress, who is a shifter race, and her name is Aurora. And we all have our own reasons for pursuing the amulet. Matt's character, Diana, is actually the creator of the amulet and feels guilty for having created it and letting it fall into the hands of the crazy empress who will most likely be using it for evil. My character, Ira, his family, where he lives, his village, his family burrow, is right in the footprint of where the Empress, basically her manor or her castle, is right near where these gnomes live. So when when she hits the the big red button and, and goes bananas... This family is going to suffer first and probably worst. And Brandon's character, Caitlin, is, we determined, being a bard, she is the, what did we call it? Basically a reporter, right? A journalist, yeah. A journalist, yeah. She, she goes to the front lines, being the College of Valor. She goes to the front lines and documents the, the feats of heroism that are that occur so that she can spread those tales of glory and hopefully inspire new heroes and knowing that the amulet's about to be used it could could be used any time now she is there to to basically be the first one to see it so she can tell the tale firsthand i think that's it right yeah. Pretty good primer, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what we're going to do is, I guess we'll start with a niche. Let's let's just roll up a niche to begin with to determine our order. I rolled very low. Is that a one? Yeah, I rolled a one. Yep. Wow. Natural 20. No! Yeah. Wow. Uh, 15. Okay, there it is. Okay, so in the order of Matt, Brandon, me, how we're going to do it is Matt is going to play the DM for Brandon. So Brandon's going to roll, start by rolling a D4 to determine what kind of conflict that he's going to experience in his part of the tale. It could be a conflict, our straight-up conflict roll, our cliffhanger roll, our environment roll, or our battle roll. We're going to stop right after Brandon rolls that, and then Brandon will take over the role of DM for me. We'll do the same thing. After seven minutes, I will roll to see what I get on whatever I rolled on the D4, and then I will start DMing for Matt. We'll cycle through each person as DM and as character twice, and then at the very end, it'll be back at the top of the order, basically, and Matt will take us through with a resolution roll to see how it all wraps up 
from a party standpoint, because at that point, theoretically, we should all be there doing something with that amulet, essentially. are starting with Matt. So he's going to go for a seven-minute DM, basically. Yep. Now Brando needs to roll that D4 so I know which one we're going toward. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Uh, we have a one, which would be conflict, yes? Yep. Straight up conflict. Cool. Okay. So Caitlin is uh, walking into this stadium she is kind of in this uh, herd of people. Everybody's going through a separate entrance. You can kind of see over to your left that there is a large contingent of kind of unruly patrons that are going through the, the normal entrance. But you, in your capacity as a journalist and a member of the uh, the press corps, uh, you get special access, obviously. You get to go in a, a different entrance. You get kind of ushered through. You're walking behind at your next time in line, and this big hobgoblin is in front of you, and he's just kind of looking everything over, uh, part of the security team. He stops you, obviously, rifles through your bag a little bit just to make sure that you're not bringing in any explosives or anything like that that can be used to mess with the games or do a lot of damage, obviously. And then he asks to see your press pass. Did you happen to bring your press pass with you today? Always. Always. Okay. So you present your press pass. He looks it over, kind of checks it off the list, makes sure that uh, whoever you're representing is is also there so that you uh, not necessarily get credit for it, but that your, your attendance is taken, basically. So you are who you say you are. Mm -hmm. um, and then he kind of ushers you through. You are in the, the bowels of this arena right now you're walking past people are walking around everybody's just kind of looking there's some i wouldn't call them murals because they're not very nice looking but it's just kind of looks like uh chicken scratch and the kind of things you see on bathroom walls but it's all scratched along the walls of just various battles and uh and champions of this arena from from past games mm -hmm. you're stuck with this group of of journalists and you're all kind of being ushered along so that you can go up to the various press boxes that are obviously up above kind of overlooking the action so you can get a, a better sense of what's going on in totality as opposed to having kind of a pigeonholed view of the games themselves you kind of walk past a you see like a concession area on your right they're selling you know all manner of medieval food whether it's you know giant turkey legs and whatever these guys use for nachos i don't know but that's all being doled out to various people paying way too much you notice off to your left there is a kind of an entrance to the greater gladiatorial grounds where the actual action is is taking place no one is going that way like your your party is being ushered up stairs and further up so that you can see what every, what's going on. What would you like to do at this point? Initially, I think that she would just 
go and take her seat. Okay. Just to kind of, you know, play it cool, not to raise any alarms as to her other motive of being there. Okay. Yeah. So you just follow everybody else along. They all walk up the stairs. It's a couple flights because you're up pretty high. And eventually they open up onto a room that is, it's not plush by any stretch of the imagination, but it has just a large stone bench that's right against the front opening. It's where a window would be if there was any glass in here, but it's, it looks right down upon the, the games themselves. And you're just, you're kind of cattle cart in with a whole bunch of people. There's some people that are just kind of squeezing in next to you. You know, some gnomes, some halflings, the guys that actually need to be up front to be able to see. You know, one pretty angry looking dwarf just kind of elbows you a little bit. And he wants you to move over to the point where he's taking your seat, basically. Mm-hmm. How would you like to respond to this this dwarf who's being fairly aggressive to you? I would like to sort of assert my dominance in a passive way, just give him a dirty look, reminding him that his, him elbowing me is him standing elbows me in the shin, almost. Gotcha. Okay. Um, can you roll a d20 for me then for a diplomacy check? Sure. We have a five. Oh, a five. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't say I was good at it. Yeah, yeah. You shoot him this dirty look. He's not as intimidated as you would think that he would be. <laughs> but he kind of scooches over just a little bit, just to make sure. He realizes that you are, you're a lot larger than he is, obviously, and... You could easily pick him up and just toss him out the the opening there. Mm-hmm. So he the five was enough for you to assert your dominance, as you said. Okay. And that's just in time because as you you kind of get a little bit more comfortable and you're not having anybody's elbows in your side or anything like that, you're just blown away by this large roar of the crowd and the just trumpets all around. You've never, have you ever been here before to one of these? Not this particular arena, no. Okay, so other arenas you've been at, you realize that this kind of fanfare means that stuff's going down. Like, it's it's getting ready to go. This is the, the national anthem of, uh, of these games. Uh-huh. So you realize that things are starting to happen. Um, you see a bunch of different uh, gladiators kind of waltz in and... It's very American gladiator style where they're very, they're preening for the crowd. They're obviously well loved by everybody seated. People are just, you know, they're throwing all manner of both positive and negative things at them. You know, there's, there's fruit and vegetables being thrown in the arena, but there's also flowers and underpants and things like that. (laughs) Flowery (laughs) underpants. And flowery underpants. Cod pieces. Yes. You have to duck out of the way of the cod pieces. (laughs) <laughs> that dwarf, he had a be had a mean one. <laughs> it clanks when it hits. Yes, it does. It actually knocks out one of the gladiators and they just drag him off. He is the new champion. <laughs> <laughs> everything is going down. Everything is getting started. All the gladiators in the arena kind of get to their respective corners. They know what they're doing at this point. They're waiting their turn as kind of individual battles start to take over. You see all the melee going on 
down in the arena. This isn't like a boxing match or a UFC fight nowadays where the undercard is all kind of eh, whatever, but then you're just waiting for the the major fight at the end. This is wall-to-wall insanity. Yes. Like, everybody is an expert at what they do. These guys are all level 20, and you're just watching insanity down below. Sure. Everybody in your press box here is enthralled by what's going on down below. As you are watching and you're kind of taking mental notes, deciding what you can use in your further performances, you hear the door behind you to the press box open. Some just very large, also a bugbear, surprisingly, pokes his head in and he is, he's looking for you. He calls out your name, Caitlin Noble. Give me a, uh, a D20 roll for our conflict. Okay. It's a 17, which is trick. So, Brando, you are next in line to do my story. Okay. So we'll start with my roll. I'll roll a d4. Do I have a d4? Where? Oh, there it is. My d4. So it's going to be a 2 from the cliffhanger category. Okay, so Ira Logan has arrived at the, we'll call it the discount gate to open to the uh, arena. Oh yeah, it's it's where all the rabble are. Yeah, he uh, he he has a nosebleed seat, and he's not of the uh, class to afford the nice seats. So he goes in and follows along the very slow moving line as you as customary in any arena. So as you are slowly moving through the security checkpoints. You also encounter sort of a disgruntled security guard who is very old but and is 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 close to retirement. It is a uh a short and angry tiefling and he just he he's he should have retired years ago, but he can't afford to so he's just he's just there and he he wants to pick on everybody that he possibly can. So sure. he says to you, what's with the mask? Do you need to see my face? I want to. I just stare at him silently for like a minute, and then I say, I'm scowling right now. Well, so am I, but you can see that I am. I see plenty of hooded faces behind this gate. Let me through. I paid. The uh, tiefling notices that the line just is sort of backing up because he wants to be a jerk. He's being a jerk, yeah. He he decides, well, screw it. I'm retiring and... I'm, t- I'm too old for this. I'm retiring in, in four days or probably four years. But anyway, <laughs> he pulls the Danny Glover. I'm too old for this crap. And he's going to die. He's going to be the, the, the one casualty in this whole game. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. You faded that guard to die, Brandon. 
It's okay. It <laughs> it will yeah. be of natural causes. He's wearing a red shirt at the moment. <laughs> so anyway, he decides to uh, let you through. All right, fine. Get your butt through there and find your seat. This <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, I mean, you know, he looks like Norm too. He's he's way fatter oh, yeah. than the normal tiefling. Norm. Yeah, I've never seen a fat tiefling. That's funny. <laughs> he let himself go. So yeah, I will I'll I'll go through the rabble. Okay, so as you go through with your group, you sort of are very curious and looking around and you kind of decide that you're going to take a detour. You're just not sure if you're going to do it right now. And as luck would have it, there's a uh, little fight that breaks out between the crowd. Someone spilled their mead on someone's girlfriend's smock and the boyfriend, (laughs) (laughs) the boyfriend gets mad and and there's a tussle and they're, you know, they're all with big groups. So it, it kind of gets a little out of hand. So, at that point, all the security runs to there to that event. There's one security guard, however, that is sort of laying back, and you feel that this could potentially be an opportunity to sneak away anyway, maybe trick this this guard. So go ahead and roll me a d20 to see if you can trick him. To get by him, basically? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a sneak roll. Well, that's a three. Okay, so ye, this this <laughs> unlike the first security guard, this security guard is brand new, and he's like all the brand new security guards or cops. He has a belt on him with absolutely every piece of equipment that he will never ever use to make him look like Rambo. Yeah, and his back is just going to be killing him at the end of the shift. Right. He didn't put his inserts in his shoes or anything. No, he has um, iron suspenders holding everything up as well. <laughs> so so his shoulders will hurt. Yeah, but, you know, you have to sacrifice something. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> you realize that he's just not moving. And he's big. He's an immovable object at this point. However, you get lucky once more. The fight grows and someone gets knocked into this security guard. So at that point... He's finally knocked over. It took a pretty big shove to do that. But at that point, you are going to realize that this is the time to make a run for it. So you're you're okay. going to try to seek towards the door that he was guarding, which is kind of a dark hallway. So, you know, it's not, you know, it's not where you need to be. It could lead to something that you're very interested in. It's a stairway going up. So it, there's a good chance. Oh, yeah. Okay. So at this point, we'll have you roll. All right, my cliffhanger. Okay. That is a 17. Oh, no. Structure weakened. Collapse imminent. Okay, so Matt, give us a D4 to see what you're going to be rolling. That is a 3. Wow, we did one, two, three. Yeah. So it's an environment. Yep. Cool. It turns out that as unsavory as Gix games are, 
the fact that it's the seedy underbelly on the bottom of an ocean. They're, they actually are very generous and welcoming of senior citizens. So it was very easy for you to show up and say, oh, I'd like, I'd like to donate my time to be a greeter. And no one questioned you. They ushered you kind of down some back corridors and into a break room that has a crappy coffee maker with burnt coffee and mm. those crappy like Entenmann's donuts with the, the powdered sugar that you always breathe in <laughs> as you're biting it. So you just inhale it. God. And there's just a bunch of old people sitting around reading the paper, <laughs> doing the crossword. There's a, a minotaur just like graying around the eyes and down the snout who is, she is knitting. <laughs> and nobody blinks as you walk in. There's a, a little old goblin with this wispy, like papery hair and, and skin. And he, he reaches a palsied hand up and hands you a vest, a blue vest. And it has picture it has a patch on the back of a a turtle like kind of a cartoon representation of a turtle with a great big smile and a great big pair of teeth and it's really unnerving it's like seeing the ninja turtles with teeth it's very unnerving <laughs> so you you immediately put this on and and without even saying anything he points a shaking finger at a kind of a, a list on a pin board okay and it's a it's a sign up sheet and a lot of the spots are taken you the, you see several spots that are not filled up okay in in terms of names and you have the spots that are there's a spot called privies there's a spot called custodian and there's a spot called super secret illicit back hallway. Hmm. I mean, privies have always been my, uh, my dream, but I, you but you got to control yourself. Yeah. No, I hold myself back. Uh, super secret back hallway seems interesting. I think I might get more out of that. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So you, you sign up for that. I, I definitely do. I go over and, and scratch my name on there. It's a fake name, obviously, but it's a name. What is the name? It is Wyanna Diggins. <laughs> <laughs> the old spoonerism classic. All right. So Wyanna Diggins has signed up. And right next to that sign up sheet is is a little map showing you all of the different uh, the different stations. Okay. And it's, you kind of have to work your way through kind of some crowded, some crowded walkways. You kind of mm-hmm. get, have to shuffle your way through the row of food vendors. There is a lot of questionable foods because it, this really caters to a lot of different tastes and things. Mm-hmm. But the one univer- universal food that everyone can agree on and you see it's like the Starbucks of this this place like there's a a stall for it every like 
every three stalls is a Texas-shaped hot dog stall. <laughs> As you walk by it, some like pockmarked teenage kid walks up and offers one to you and says that the volunteers get a free hot dog. I decline and think to myself, thank God I didn't pick the privies. <laughs> Roll me a diplomacy. Okay. <laughs> he, he looks at you very suspiciously. A seven. He's like, nope, nobody's ever declined a hot dog. Should you be working here? I prefer to eat after my shift. Oh, okay. Have fun. I'll be back. Don't you worry. Okay. Save one for me. Put it on the on the rollers. <laughs> he nods and, and thanks you and walks it's away. It's Texas shaped, so it doesn't roll. It's just like they all they all no, gather okay, together and fall awful. off. <laughs> <laughs> it backs up and there's just a pile on the floor. <laughs> it's like one of those it's like a bingo roller. You just you have to roll it's a cage yeah. of them. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so he he drops it into the the bingo roller of Texas shaped hot dogs, and uh, <laughs> they they just get all mangled and mixed. And you 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 finish the rest of the way, and you have to go kind of down a very poorly lit hallway. And there's a wet floor sign, and the floor is a little slick. And it comes to kind of an end area where. To the left is clearly a set of stairs to go upward. To the right looks to be like an office or something. And it's a T at the end. And there's just a single flickering torch that is very barely casting any light for you. So give me your environment roll. I think now is a good time for that D20 environment. Okay. That is a five. A uh, five. Oh, okay. A gust of wind. Okay. All right. That's... From the hot dogs. <laughs> from the... Well, from whoever's it eating the hot yeah. dogs. A collective gust of wind. <laughs> a collective <laughs> gust. All right, folks. That is it for this week. We have one more week. We're going to wrap everything up next week in the narrative conclusion. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. We have one more round of DMing and initiative to go through, but you can tune in for that next week. Do the thing where you go in and you subscribe, you rate, you review, whatever you do for podcasts. I'm sure you listen to hundreds of other podcasts. They all say the same thing. It's it's not a joke. Like It, it does really help. And don't forget to check out the art that Matt creates. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Brandon. And we are the Brothers McGill, and we are the hosts of Rigged, the Random Idea Generator cast. Rigged is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.